Hey guys, welcome back. Welcome to Crime Cults and Coffee. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Bryn. And we have a fun episode planned today. I'm so excited for this episode. I honestly cannot wait. I know, I'm pumped. We haven't done this Yeah. in a little while, but we'll get into that in a minute. Is there anything you wanted to chat about? So I finally started this show that I've been wanting to watch for probably over a year now. Oh, God. It is not Bridgerton. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I, I do still have to start that, but it's called The Great, and it's on Hulu, and it's starring Nicholas Holt and Elle Fanning. I am completely Cool. obsessed. Oh, gosh, you have to watch it. But it's around the same era of Rasputin's time, and Okay. the conflict between, like, Russian czars and emperors and empresses and stuff back then, but it's, like, a satire of it. And it's so funny, and the humor is so dry and fucked up. I'm obsessed with it. What's it called again? The Great. The Great. Speaking Yeah. of Al Fanning, my recommendation has her as the main star as well. What is it? It's the girl from Plainville. It is so fucking good and sad and, I don't know, well-written, I guess you could say, and well-casted. So we're only on, like, the second episode, I think. And I must have, like, missed the intro because I didn't know that this actually happened. Like, I didn't know this was a true story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, You don't I, know the I don't... case that this is based on? No, I guess I must have missed it. I don't know. I was half asleep when we started it. And Carson, and I like then saw something come up on my Instagram and I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> Oh my and God. I realized that it was about that case. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, that's a super fucked up case. Not that every case isn't fucked up, but you know. Right. Really messed up. But um, Mm -hmm. the we just started it. It's pretty good. Is her portrayal of her accurate so far? Yes. And like, not to mention, she looks fucking identical to her and like the way she is in this movie or in Yeah, the show. she's an in she's an incredible actress. Yeah. And to backtrack a bit, just so I can throw in the actual era, their description for The Great says, a genre-bending anti-historical ride through 18th century Russia following the wildly comedic rise of Catherine the Nothing to Catherine the Great. Mm, okay. I'm going to have It's to start that really one. good. Yeah, vice versa. I'm going to have to start the one that you're watching as well. Yeah, I finished Bridgerton. It was fucking amazing. Both seasons are just so good. I have to get moving with that. I have so Really much good. to watch. I know. I know. So sucked back into the Walking Dead world, too. I know I mentioned this, I think, last episode, but that's all I want to watch every night. And at work, I listen to podcasts about it. Really? I'm, I'm crazy into that world again, like I used to be, and... I feel like once I get through that, I'll be able to actually watch other shows. Can't get enough. So do we want to get into our coffee reviews? Yeah, let's do it. So we're doing two separate coffees again tonight. So mine is Starbucks, uh, and it's an espresso pod. 
that you can buy. I think actually this one is for sale at Target if you wanted to pick it up when you're at Target. Um, yeah, I have the original Nespresso, so I don't know if they make it for the Virtuo or whatever. I don't even know what the other one is called, but I have the original one and this one is the Espresso Roast. It's a dark roast and the notes are molasses and caramelized sugar notes. That sounds so delicious. Good. It is so good. This is my favorite Nespresso pod that I've ever had. And I've had it for almost a year now. So yeah, this is my favorite one. You can really taste like the it's you can really taste the molasses in it. That's like literally what I taste when I when I took the first sip of it. Mm-hmm. And I always make myself a latte before going to work. And I'm the other day I tried this for the first time and I was like, oh my God. That sounds amazing. So, yeah. So if you're trying to look into new new Nespresso pods, grab this one. Again, it's the Espresso Roast. And it's the molasses and caramelized sugar notes. And what would you rate this one? I would probably give this one for a home coffee. Like, this one's really good. I'd probably give it an eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. So today I am drinking something that possibly only – people somewhat local to either cafe. I'm not quite sure if they sell bags of their coffee, but they don't I feel like <laughs> you asked. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> yeah, I feel like either way though, it's the type of coffee place where you need to have it fresh with them making it there. So this place is called Cafe E Dolci and they have such amazing food, such amazing coffee. I love going there. Their coffee is so good. Yeah. They have two locations in Franklin, New Jersey, and one is in Warwick, New York. And the coffee that I'm drinking today is a iced latte, and it's called the Uptown Latte. And it's hazelnut, vanilla, and coconut. And I got it with almond milk. I always get that one. It's so good. I definitely taste the nuttier notes in it. Not as much of coconut, but more towards like the hazelnut, I think. Yum. It's really smooth, really delicious and refreshing. And I would have to rate this one an 8.5 just because I have definitely had one like this one's delicious, but I've definitely had ones from them that I like more than this one. Yeah. So their coffee is really good. And I believe they use the brand Illy Coffee, I-L-L-Y. I've seen it in their store before and I wanted to like grab a box, but they actually don't sell them. So I think they use Illy Coffee and I believe Carnegie Coffee Company in Pittsburgh as well also uses Illy Coffee. So probably oh. similar tastes. Yeah. And we are going to try to be in contact with them and or duly review the same coffee from them in the future just because they're great. And for anyone who wants to check out their website and all the delicious things, like I said, if you're driving distance, you can go and check them out. Their website is cafeedolci.com and that's spelled C-A-F-E-E. D-O-L-C-I dot com. And I can also pull up their Instagram for you guys. 
it is the same exact thing without the dot com. Cool. And are we ready to get into today's episode? Because I know we have a lot to cover. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So grab your coffee and have a morning with us. All right, guys. So today we have our haunted places episode. So as always, Bryn and I uh, have come up with two haunted places that the other one is not aware of. And we're going to go back and forth. So I'm going to start with the Moon River Brewing Company. Mm, that sounds I know. nice. I'm excited about this one. I really want to go to this one. Okay, I'm going to get into it. So okay. it's located in Savannah, Georgia, which in and of itself, Savannah, Georgia is beautiful and haunted as fuck. So mm-hmm. I'm sure this place is like really haunted. That's weird. I also have my first one in Georgia. What the hell, really? <laughs> we always do this where there's like overlaps. I know. That's so weird. So this brewing company is known as one of the most haunted places in America. Ooh. It was originally built in 1821 as a hotel. Elazer Early was the first owner with his wife, and it was not only a hotel, but also the first branch of the United States Postal Office in Savannah and a branch of the Bank of the United States. Oh my god, that is so cool. Yeah, so it was literally like a hotel with a post office and a bank all inside of it at once. It was cool. It was built as a hotel for the rich and famous. James Audubon was a famous American artist or naturalist. If you didn't know, he painted like a bunch of pictures of birds and natural life. He stayed there for three months. Winfield Scott, who was a war hero, stayed there for a little while. And the Marquis de Lafayette stayed there as well. Wow. Yeah, so lots of famous people stayed at this place. In 1851, Peter Wiltberger bought the city hotel and renovated it. He put a live lion and lioness outside to attract people to come into the hotel. Oh. I would be like, I'm out. (laughs) I think as long as they were treated properly, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Scary, but cool. Right. So the hotel closed down in 1864, and this was just prior to Savannah, Georgia, taking part in the Civil War. And the hotel never opened again after the war, which is really sad. Mm. The building was used actually as a hospital at times to care for those that were sick with yellow fever. And a lot of people died in this building, but mostly children from yellow fever. Oh, no. Yeah, like that's ugh, so sad. A lot of children. Oh. So this building became multiple different businesses over the years. It was at one point like a lumber and coal warehouse. It was a general store, office supply store with a printing press. And then it just sat unused for like 20 years. Wow. Yeah, so this is a really fucking old building. So I'm going to get into the violent past, which probably led to why this place is so haunted. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 
So it is said that the spirits are left behind in a building or location after a tragic event or death, violent death, which Mm -hmm. we, you know, we've talked about multiple times. That's kind of a known thing. Mm -hmm. So many in this building died young, like I mentioned, due to yellow fever, and some died from violent crime. So, of course, there's going to be lots of spirits that are lingering. In 1832, a doctor named Dr. Philip Minus shot a man that was drunk named James Stark in the hotel. James was known to be someone that was frequently drunk and a lot of people in Savannah didn't really like him. So basically, Dr. Minus said he saw Stark reaching for his gun first, so he shot him in defense, which was a fucking Mm, lie. Yeah, he just people didn't like him and he just wanted him to die. Yeah, so Dr. Minus was found innocent and because many people didn't like Stark and Savannah needed a doctor, they were like, oh, it's all good. He's fine. Corruption at its finest. Disgusting. So gross. Oh my god, though, this is a random side note and this is gonna... I, I hope someone comes forward and is like, that's my last name. I have never heard someone with the last name Minus. Me either it's irrelevant but i just like i was thinking that as you said it like oh my god i've never heard someone with that last name me either if your name is minus let us know yeah please (laughs) i want to meet you i want to meet you in 1860 james sinclair came to savannah james was a yankee and while the civil war haven't hasn't started yet at this point in savannah there was already hatred for the yankees The people of Savannah tried to make Sinclair leave on his own, but he refused. So a mob formed in the streets. This part, oh my god. The mob, I know. The mob dragged Sinclair into the streets outside the hotel, stripped and beat him almost to death. Oh my god. Yeah. And I think, honestly, the worst part of it is, like, he had, he survived this and had to live with the trauma. Oh. Um, So, obviously, this was a traumatic experience for him. So, they're thinking that potentially, since this trauma happened in his life at this location, his spirit came back here. I'm like, they didn't even know this man. He could have been, like, a really good person. Who knows? You know, time is the war, I guess. I don't Mm -hmm. know. doesn't make it right, but. Wow. Yeah. So, a little bit more present day. In 1950, I'm sorry. In 19- present day, 1955. <laughs> in 1995, the building was renovated into the current brew pub. The Moon River Brewing Company opened April 10th of 1999. There's also a restaurant inside the brewery and a doggo-friendly beer garden. Oh, I know, and it's really fucking cute. Go and look on their website. I'll tell you it later. It's a really cute place. Like, I want to go to this place just because of the history of it. Yeah, and whoever decided to turn this into a brew pub has a brilliant mind. Right? Like, whoever that owner was, great job. Mm-hmm. So the current address is 21 West Bay Street, Savannah, Georgia. So check it out. All right, I'll be there. I know, right? I went to Savannah once, and I don't think I appreciated it as much as I should have. So now I'm going to get into the haunted stories of this place. So the basement is the most famous in the brewery because that's where um, 
the most famous ghost is, and his name is Toby. <laughs> I know. His name isn't actually Toby, but the staff see him so often that they decided to name him Toby. So they don't really know his real name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because you know who I thought of when you said Toby? Who? For anyone who's watched Degrassi, Toby from oh Degrassi, my the kid with the glasses. You're right. That's so funny. I fucking love Degrassi. <laughs> Me too. Remember when there was a channel on TV that it was literally only Degrassi? Noggin. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you want to hear something really cool? Mm-hmm. My TV, whatever I have to all get the information for anyone who wants to know this, whatever TV I have, they have a like TV station that comes along with it and they have certain channels and one channel is literally a Degrassi channel what for free with the tv and it's all degrassi all that plays all day is degrassi i was obsessed same still am same (laughs) so the basement is known as the most active floor toby's known to touch people while they're playing billiards or get frustrated and push them i would be a little i mean like okay you can brush by me toby but don't push me yeah come on toby gosh some stories say that the basement housed slaves in it, but there's no actual evidence of this being real. So I'm not, you know, who knows? I hope it's not true. I know. People also report sudden coldness, bottles falling or being thrown, and feelings of being touched by someone in the basement. Mm. I feel like this place would be cool to go to because it's not crazy paranormal and like there's lots of people walking around and like you're drunk. I think it would be fun. It's not too malevolent. It's just Mm -hmm. little things happening here and there. Yeah. But things you can validate. And it's like a cool place. Yeah. Yeah. So next is the main floor. This is the floor where James Stark was shot by Dr. Minus. People experience liquor bottles being thrown, grabbing, hitting, and pushing. Okay, I don't like that. A little bit scarier. (laughs) This floor is where the restaurant is located as well. People say they feel someone touch them while eating, and a woman reported feeling coldness in the bathroom and being locked into bathroom stalls. No. I would be, I have chills. I would be so far out of that place if I got locked into a bathroom stall. I feel like this is almost a progressive drinking bar. First, you start in the basement where it's chill and you're on your first drink and things touch you here and there. Uh-huh. And then you work your way. Then when you're about three drinks in, you work your way to the main floor where things <laughs> get more aggressive. For real, though, they say this, the main floor is the least haunted because it's where the most activity of like people is, though. So okay. like le- least activity. Okay. So on to the third floor. Oh, no. I'm yes. Scared. I know. And it gets crazier. A full body apparition known as the woman in white has been seen by many people. She's sometimes referred to as Mrs. Johnson. I don't know where they came up with that name either, but that's what she's called. Okay. This floor is also where many people and children died of yellow fever. So it's starting to get, you know, a little creepier. And tragic. Yeah. Yeah. Many people report hearing children talking and playing. That part makes me so fucking sad. You're a child. You died in this place and now you're like stuck here. Mm-hmm. 
During the 1990s, there was construction going on, and the wife of the foreman was pushed down the stairs on the third floor (gasps) and fell all the way down. Oh, my God. It was clear that she was, like, forcefully pushed, too, and not just had, like, slipped and fell because of how far she went down the stairs. The foreman ended up quitting the job and left the building. Wow. People that visit the brewery today say they feel being pushed or pulled when they go near the stairs, which I, I'm like, I, do we have handrails? Because I need I to- hope so. Right? You need to hold on to those. And tie a rope around my waist, please. <laughs> right? Like, I don't want to fall. <laughs> the aggressive spirits are known to be on the third floor of this brewery. So maybe, like, stick to the first floor. And then the fourth and final floor, this floor is said to have really, really dark energy. There's not many ghost stories on this floor, but people agree that the energy is just horrible. So, like, nobody goes up there. So, it is like a progression. Yeah, except for the main floor. Yeah. Ugh. There's some children heard on the third floor as well, but... Like I said, it was also used to care for those that died of the yellow fever. So that could explain that. But yeah, not many people go to the fourth floor just because of like how horrible you feel when you go up there. That is sickening, honestly. You probably feel sick to your stomach because the like literally that's how those people were. Right. Like they're making you feel what they had to go through. Uh huh. On top of it just being full of death and awful things yeah and like in general like i said savannah is in itself just so haunted because of how historic everything is there mm-hmm. like and they kept all the original buildings like i just want to go to see the building mm-hmm. agreed so-, so if you do want to go they have ghost tours so most of savannah's ghost tours like in the town of savannah in the city they stop at this brewery so you can go like on big ghost tours of the city and it stops at this brewery but these tours are offered also just inside the brewery if you didn't want to do the whole city Hmm. yeah so there's a couple options shows that have covered the moon river brewing company on it are the travel channel ghost adventures buzzfeed unsolved paranormal quest the links to uh, everything that I talked about is located on Moon River Brewing Company's website, which I will attach to our resources that goes on our Facebook. So if you want to go check them out, do it, grab a beer, bring your dog, get scared. Sounds like a good time. Agreed. I'm just not going to the third or the fourth floor. Yeah, I'll stay on the first in the basement where the spirits are playful. Yeah. and just like brush my hair or something i don't know yeah like play with my hair and rub my back and it'll be fine (laughs) (laughs) ghost pour me limitless drinks yeah like i don't care throw a bottle but make sure it doesn't break so i can drink it (laughs) (laughs) sounds like a good time and i need to check out those shows you mentioned i'm interested in seeing what I, i love seeing shows about places like that with the historical background behind it yeah so the links to the shows as well are on their website so you can go on their website and check it out it's moonriverbrewing.com slash the dash ghosts cool 
Good one. Okay, I'm going to head into my first one. And this one is called The Hay House. Okay. And I'll talk about some history first, just like Kelsey just did. So some history about The Hay House. The full name of this house is actually the Johnston Felton Hay House. And it's commonly known by the abbreviation of Hay House. So that's what I'll be referring to to it as the rest of this section which is weird because didn't you say there was a mrs johnson in yours yeah what the fuck yeah this is johnston but still weird it's also known as quote the the palace of the south and it's located at 934 georgia avenue in macon georgia and i actually specifically wanted to find one in georgia because the walking dead is filmed in georgia Stop. like i said i'm i'm obsessed at the moment so you really are i am so it was built between 1855 to 1859 the original owners were william butler johnston and anne tracy johnston the architect was T. Thomas and Son, and he was a New York architect. Some craftsmen were also brought from Italy to work on this house under the supervision of a local master builder named James B. Ayers. And the, man- the mansion is described as, quote, an Italian Renaissance revival style. Mm. It is fucking gorgeous. Beyond beautiful. It has 24 rooms and four levels. And it's 18,000 square feet or 1,700 meters squared. It contained amenities that some homes didn't even have in the mid-19th century. Wow. Such as hot and cold running water, central heat, a French lift, which was described as being similar to an elevator that you'd see today, an in-house kitchen, a speaker tube system connecting to 15 rooms. So I'm assuming that was almost like an intercom system, but 19th century style. That's so cool. Yeah. And a ventilation system. There are grand archways in this house, as well as intricate woodworking and double French doors, like, all over the place. Wow. They even have these crazy, crazy, like, you know those Tiffany glass windows that you see in American Horror Story and the house there? Okay, they have crazy stained glass windows like that in this house. Stained glass windows, to me, they're so beautiful, but there's something eerie about them. I don't know why. Yeah, that's how these are. It's almost like the rose glass window from the OA. Literally, that's all I think of now. (laughs) Yeah. It's beautiful, but agreed, especially with these windows. There's something in the detail of it where you're, like, a little scared at the same time. Right. Like, what is that? I don't know. I have no idea. So only two families have ever lived in the Hay House. As mentioned, there was the original owners, and they were the Johnston family. And their family lived there for over four generations. Wow. William Butler Johnston became wealthy through investing in banking, 
railroads, and public utilities. So he was extremely smart and almost like ahead of his time for investing in those things. And then it became popular. In 1851, William married Anne Clark Tracy and the two went on a honeymoon through Europe from 1852 to 1855. Wait, what? Can I go on that? Yeah, same. Like three year fucking honeymoon through Europe. I can't even get three weeks. I know. I'm working on two. I know. They called it like an extended honeymoon, I'd say. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. While on this honeymoon, they were inspired by the Italian architecture and began building the home when they came back to America. So that's kind of where the, as it was described, Italian Renaissance revival came from. Wow. They filled this home with sculptures they brought home from their travels, so it was also beautifully decorated. The Johnstons had six children, but only two survived into adulthood. Oh, no. Which is so sad, but I feel so common back then. Yeah. Caroline was born in 1862, and Mary Ellen Johnston was born in 1864. And the girls grew up in the house, and after the death of Anne Johnston, who again was the mom, in 1896, she passed away. Mary Ellen and her husband, Judge William H. Felton, began living there. So Mary Ellen became Mary Ellen Felton, hence the Felton in the home's full name. So it's Johnston Felton Hay House. Got it. That's where that came from. During their time in the home, the plumbing and electricity was updated, and they had remodeled and redecorated parts of the original home. So it started to kind of transition from what it was. In 1889, they had a son, William Hamilton Felton Jr. And in 1915, William Jr. married Louisa McGill Gibson, and they moved into the home with his parents. So here comes another generation into the home. Okay. They eventually had children, William Hamilton Felton III and George Gibson Felton. The Feltons lived here until William Sr. and Mary Ellen Felton, and these were the OG Feltons, (laughs) both passed in 1926. So the house was then sold to the Hay family. So now it moved from Johnston to Felton to Hay. But the Johnston and Felton family were the same family. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Parks Lee Hay and Maud Hay were the two owners in the Hay family. They redecorated the whole house to, quote, fit the new 20th century decor. And that was a quote from Wiki. In 1957, Parks Hay died. And in 1962, Maud Hay died. And the heirs of the family established the P.L. Hay Foundation, and the house became a private house museum. So living in the house ended there. Okay. By the way, I'm looking at it now. It's fucking insane. Isn't it stunning? Like, beyond stunning? The rooms, it's they're all so detailed and beautiful. 
Yeah, and there's an online tour of the house, too, for anyone who's interested in actually visually seeing it. Most of the furnishings currently in the house are from the Hay family, and there are some pieces from the Johnston family still in the house. There are ginkgo trees, magnolias, and cedars that date back to the 19th century on the property. Wow. I'm obsessed with that. That's really cool. Yeah. November 7th, 1973, it was made a National Historic Landmark. And in 1977, the owner and operation of Hay House was transferred to the Georgia Trust for Historic Preservation. I'm glad that happened. Same. In the year 2000, this is a quote from Wiki. White House Millennium Council designated Hay House an official project of Save America's Treasures in 2000. Wow. So that was the whole history of it. And now I'm going to start getting into the hauntings of the house. So some common happenings that are just a frequent thing there are lights flickering, ghosts and figures have been seen, people hear voices, There are cold spots, as described in yours. Weird. Uh, Another common thing is hearing footsteps. Chandeliers will swing without anything making them swing. No, that one freaks me out the most. (laughs) Doors will also slam on their own. And a lot of people describe feeling like someone is breathing over your shoulder. (laughs) And this one kind of made me laugh. There's moans coming from the master bedroom. Ooh. I'm like, what kind of moans? It didn't really describe. Is it like a ghostly, creepy moan? Or is it like a someone's having a good 19th century time moan? Or like, I'm really sick moan. <laughs> yeah. Like, they need to be more specific. Yeah, it just said moans. Maybe it's all of the above. <laughs> So getting into some specific haunted experiences. One board member of the house said they saw the ghost of Mary Ellen Fenton looking through a chest of drawers. (laughs) Photographer Jimmy Cannon, he was shooting a wedding at the Hay House in 2010. He took a top hat and put it on the groom's head. He posed him for a picture in the mirror of the upstairs master bedroom. The bedroom with the moans. (laughs) (laughs) After taking the picture, he zoomed in and like looked at it to make sure all of the groomsmen were in focus. And something caught his eye. Oh, no. In the background of the picture. So he started to question what was in the background, but he really couldn't see exactly what it was since it was on the camera's small screen. And he said once he downloaded the pictures to his computer later, he was able to get a better look. What was it? So this is a quote from The Telegraph. Quote, honestly, it's so far back, it looks like it could be a dude in a top hat, Cannon said. It could be the previous owner of the house. What? I was yeah. Yeah, same, which is validation. So the apparition is described as pale and lacking facial features. No. <laughs> yeah. Which is really scary. Is it Slenderman? I hope not. No. But 
it gets better. So the hat that this cameraman just like picked up and put on this groom's head, this hat belonged to Parks Lee Hay Sr. It was like an artifact of his that was in the house and it was not supposed to be touched. Why did they pick it up? I don't know. He just like thought it would be a good prop and then realized after the fact, oh my God, I probably shouldn't have touched that. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. So people have reported seeing the spirit of an old woman wandering the halls as well. And they describe her as being in a mid-1800s dress. And Hay House director Katie Brown won't allow paranormal research in the house. She Mm. says there are no ghosts. Mm. So I feel she's a non-believer. Katie, lighten up. (laughs) Yeah. Or just like have fun with it. (laughs) Because even though she says this... The Hay House itself has tours you can go on, (laughs) which is like, okay, the director of the house is like, there are no ghosts, but then you're monetizing and having tours, haunted tours in the house. He's like, well, I guess if people are going to pay for it. Yeah. So some of which include a walking ghost tour called Haunts and History on the Hill, because this house is located on a hill. Cool. Or Hay House Legends and Lore, which also sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that does sound cool. The Hay House is open for tours, weddings, and events. And you can also donate and contribute to keeping the house maintained. This includes any approved restorations and renovations in order to protect or keep it up to date. Cool. Yeah. And both the tour and donation links will be will be provided in our show notes and or on our Facebook, depending on where we decide to put it. But I do have them marked separately. One is for tickets to go there and one is to donate. So and that is the Hay House. So cool. I'm obsessed. These places are awesome. Yeah. I just I love, love- the history. Yeah, same. I was just going to say that, and I hope our listeners like that as well, that we give a little historical background and don't just jump into the hauntings. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of the time the hauntings are connected to the history. Yeah, you have to have one. With, yeah. You can't have one without the other. Exactly. So before I get – by the way, really good one. I like that one. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Before I get into the next one, I totally forgot to tell you something weird that happened the other day, and it freaked me out. In okay, a good what? Way. What? So, okay, me and Carson have been trying to get this new apartment that is being built. So in order for us to do it, we have to apply online on their website. They've been telling us for the past week, like, okay, within the next week or so, we're going to be, like, posting the apartment. They're going really quickly, so, like, make sure you've been you you keep checking okay right you're on top of it yeah I'm like fucking a okay so I've been checking multiple times a day whatever I usually get up at 6 45 the other day at like 6 15 my my first alarm goes off and I'm like all right I'm going back to bed fall asleep like half asleep and in my dream I'm this is so weird like I don't even know what this means In my dream, I'm literally seeing the website where the applications are on it, 
and it's lined up exactly how the actual the actual application website is like I'm seeing it and I have never seen it before Hmm. and I only knew this after the fact because I actually went on and made the application I don't know what this means if that makes any sense yeah that was a premonition yeah so I'm like what the fuck why am I having this dream so I wake up and as I wake up the exact apartment number that we wanted got posted. That was the only one that got posted. Yeah, that was a premonition, Kels. <laughs> so I wake up and I'm like, Carson, oh my God, I had a dream and it was the color of the website, everything. And I was like, I think I had a premonition. He was like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yes, I fucking did. <laughs> oh my God. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Well, no, but yeah. I know. And then I was like, well, we ended up getting the apartment, by the way. So we got the exact one that we wanted. Oh, my God. And the one from your dream. See? Yeah. That's why. Oh, congrats. I'm so happy for you guys. Thank you. But yeah, how weird. I was like, I have to tell Brittany I had a premonition. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely what that was. How weird. Oh, my gosh. That's good, though, because maybe that kind of helped you to know it was posted, you know? Definitely, because I ordered to get it up. Otherwise, yeah, it was really weird, but awesome at the same time. Love it. You're gonna have to tell that one to Laura. Yes. Okay. So let me get into my next haunted place. This one is called the Sultan's Palace. A little bit of background again. It was built in 1836, and it's located at 716 Dauphine Street in New Orleans. Oh my god, so, I love that name. What's that Duffy. name from? Right? It has it's to be from, from a show. Something. I don't know. Is it from American Horror Story? It might. It might be. Yeah. Oh, I love that name. And it's so weird. I did this one as Carson was in New Orleans. And I was like, you should go to this place. Like, I'm researching it. It's really cool. Did he go? No, he had to leave. But Party pooper. I know. So, Joseph Coulon Gardet was the owner of this house, and he moved from Philly to New Orleans to pursue his career as a dentist. Within four years, his business was doing very well, so he uh, hired an architect named Frederick Roy to build his home. This was a a three-and-a-half-story mansion that he ended up having built. Wow. Joseph Gardet sold the house a few years later to Jean-Baptiste Laparette, and he was a wealthy bank merchant and plantation owner. The house was bought for $20,049 in 1839, which this is a rough estimate, but today in 2022, that would be about $625,000. Okay. So decently sized house. During the Civil War, La Perrette lost a lot of his money, which forced him to then lease this mansion, because remember, he's now the owner. Mm-hmm. A man of Middle Eastern descent approached La Perrette and informed him that his brother was actually looking for a rental property, so La Perrette agreed to doing this. He would lease out his mansion. This man was a sultan, and by the way, if you didn't know, which I didn't know, a sultan is a king or sovereign of a Muslim state. When the sultan arrived, everyone in New Orleans was said to be shocked by the wealth that they saw and the way that they dressed, the furniture, and the goods that they brought. Mm. Yeah. Also, there's multiple ways to say New Orleans or New Orleans, so don't come at me because I say it both ways. 
Yeah, same. I like switch it up randomly and I'm like, wait. I know. I'm like, am I saying this right? But yeah. I always second guess myself with that one as well. Same. So this house was constantly busy. They were having lavish parties. There was always women laughing. There was also moaning from orgies this time, though. Ooh, tying and moaning again. I know. (laughs) We always have crossovers with very strange things. It's really fucking weird, too. You talked about an architect in yours, which I guess isn't that weird, but I did, too. Yeah, but still, when do we ever mention the architect's names in our stories? No, it's weird. And the word moaning. (laughs) Moaning. Besides moaning myrtle. So also, this house, there was constantly the scent of opium in the air coming from the house. Oh my god. Yeah, so it was a party house. Locals were never allowed into the palace, though. If something needed to be delivered, it would have to be left on the doorstep, and gold was then placed the next day for payment. So basically, they told their DoorDash drivers, no contact delivery. Okay, I can relate. Leave it on the front porch. (laughs) (laughs) Something weird happened the other day. I did a no contact delivery. And as the man (laughs) was dropping it on my front porch, I opened up the door. Oh, that's very awkward. (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I don't know if I've told this story on here or not. But one night I slept over Kaylee's house with Amanda. And we ordered DoorDash or something like that. And Kaylee specifically put... Do not ring the doorbell because her dog, her, her dog, because her <laughs> dog will go fucking crazy. So the guy did not see the note for some reason. And there's a whole video of him ringing the doorbell. Her dog goes fucking berserk. We're in the house hysterically laughing. And the guy, all of a sudden, you see him like look at the note and realize and go into panic mode. <laughs> It's so fucking funny. And then he just runs away. Oh my god, that's amazing. (laughs) He's like, fuck, I messed up. Yeah. All right, back to it. So, the tragic night. Months later, a storm hit the city. A man was walking the streets the morning after the storm and saw blood running down the front steps of the Sultan's palace like a river. Oh my god. Now, let me just preface this by saying... This is a combination of a haunted place and an urban legend because there's like not a hundred percent anything to back this up, but it's a very well-known story. Okay. The man ran to the police station and the police arrived at the scene. The police kicked the front door open and there were bodies everywhere. Oh God. Some were missing limbs. Some were cut open. In the courtyard, the ground was muddy from the storm, and there was a hand sticking out from the mud, seeming to be reaching out for help. Holy shit. Yeah. This is real. I know. And the sultan's are was buried to, alive, so I think he was the one that was reaching out. <sighs> yeah. The wow. murders The murders were never fucking solved. Like, what happened? I'm in shock right now. Yeah. So some say it was the brother of the Sultan, which that being the motive, his jealousy, wanting to kill his brother because he wasn't the king per se. Mm -hmm. 
So again, legend or fact, there is really no newspaper articles or historical documents backing this story, but the legend stuck in the area. Holy shit. Yeah. So if this really happened, like, what the fuck actually happened that night? So what is this building today? In, 19, in the 1940s, the New Orleans Academy of Art had taken up residence, but closed shortly after because the students were drafted during World War II. The mansion then housed homeless for a while, so it was kind of like, you know, no one was actually living there. Mm-hmm. In 1996, Frank D'Amico and Anthony Vasish Jr. bought the mansion and converted it into six independent apartments. So, I mean, this place was pretty big if you can convert it into six apartments. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing to do with a mansion. Yeah. So, on to the ghost stories. 1979, Frank D'Amico's wife went to bed and they lived in the penthouse of this building. She said she witnessed a dark figure standing at the end of her bed. Okay. It came, I know, ew. It came close to her, so she panicked and quickly turned the light on, and the dark figure suddenly vanished. Mm. Yeah. I feel like that could be nothing. Like, it could just be a spirit, or it could be something not good. Right. I don't even, like, want to get into the not good. Yeah. Nina Naveen's purchased the property at some point, and she didn't believe in the hauntings of the house other than admitting to keys going missing constantly, apparently. So she's like, you know what? This place isn't haunted, but my keys are missing all the time. Maybe she just really needed, like, what are those key fobs called? Yeah. The one that mom used to have. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, two main ghosts haunted the palace. One is a Confederate soldier that is seen in his military uniform, and the other is of a woman. One recent resident says that he went downstairs to do laundry one day, and his dog was clearly shoved down the stairs. No! I know, so the dog won't go back down there, and he also refuses to enter the living room. No! I think he's, like, scared of one of the ghosts. Don't touch the dog. I know. The past residents say they saw a man dressed in Middle Eastern garments appearing on the walls and then disappearing seconds later. So that would make sense. Right. It could be the Sultan. Right. People reported healing sounds. <laughs> People reported he- hearing sounds of body parts hitting the floors and screaming at night. What the fuck does a body part hitting the floor sound like? Yeah, you're like, oh, I know that sound. Right. Like, must be the what body parts. The fuck? Yeah. And honestly, in general, like, if I heard screaming at night, I would just be out. Same. All I need to hear is a scream once, and it doesn't matter if I know where it's coming from at night or if it's a neighbor down the road. Bye. Yeah, no thank you. Passerbys reported hearing chimes going off and smelling of incense with no lights on inside. I think this is the time that this was, like, uninhabited is when this was reported. Mm. And a man with a light color- with light-colored hair has been seen to be looking out one of the windows. <gasps> I know. Is he the man lighting the incense? Maybe. <laughs> he might be. Or he's a ghosty. No one oh knows. 
Oh my god. Yeah, and the saddest part of this whole story is this is a private condo and you can't go see it. <laughs> oh. Now you can only hear stories from the residents. Yeah, or like be friends with one of the residents, get them to show you inside. I don't know, but no tours. I just want to go see what this place looks like, though. Like, it looks really cool. Yeah. I wish they had kept it how it was, though, because it would be a lot cooler looking, I'm sure, if it was still the like, palace of a sultan. Right. Like, all one big place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Very I- cool. I've never heard of that place before. Me either. I was really pumped about that one. Yeah. Or the legend behind it. That's yeah. insane. I hope it's not true, but... I know. And honestly, if you look at it, I'm looking at the picture now. It literally gives me vibes from Coven of the the house, the house, not the house that they lived in. But what was the um, the slave owner lady's name? Oh, I know who you're talking about. I can't whatever her, her name, name was. was. It yeah. literally looks like the house that she owns. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Should I get started with mine? Do it. All right. That was good, Kels. Thanks. So my last story that I'm going to be talking about is the RMS, not Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) It's the RMS Queen Mary. So a little bit of history about this. It is a British ocean liner and, and or was, I should say, a British ocean liner for the Cunard White Star Line. And it is now retired. It sailed mostly in the North Atlantic from 1936 to 1967. And it was built by John Brown and Company in Clydebank, Scotland. Ooh. It was part of a, quote, planned two-ship weekly express service between Southampton, Cherbourg, and New York. And that's a quote from Wiki. Ooh. The other part of the duo was the RMS Queen Elizabeth, and the ship was launched and christened on September 26, 1934. May 27, 1936, it went on its maiden voyage. So during World War II, the ship was utilized as a, quote, troop ship and ferried allied soldiers during the conflict, and that was also a quote from Wiki. So it kind of switched from carrying passengers to carrying soldiers. Okay. And this is another quote from Wiki, just to, like, describe how it ki- they kind of had to change the ship for it to be utilized for something completely different. Quote, in the Second World War conversion, the ship's hull, superstructure, and funnels were painted navy gray. As a result of her new color... And in combination with her great speed, she became known as the Grey Ghost, which is also kind of setting the tone already for this ship. Yeah. After the war, the Queen Mary returned to passenger service as originally planned, and it became, quote, famous for ferrying troops that helped defeat Hitler during World War II. And that was a quote from ArcadiaPublishing.com. So this ship was not only speedy, but it was able to hold a lot of people at once. So that's why it kind of became this grand ship that really helped 
bring people back and forth during the war. Okay. There's more on Wiki about the construction and ship info during the war, and you can check it out if you want to know more information about the ship regarding that, but I'm not going to get too much further into that because there's a lot. So a fun fact about the ship, it was in the 1966 film Assault on a Queen starring Frank Sinatra. And I don't know if people remember from past episodes, but I love me some Frank. (laughs) You do. So anything regarding him, I will mention. (laughs) Another fun fact, some celebrities were passengers on the ship at different points. And some of these people include Fred Astaire, who I also love. Bing Crosby, who I also love. What the hell are you obsessed with all these people? I know. Bing, remember I mentioned Bing Crosby and White Christmas? That's like one of yes. my favorite movies of all time. Yes. <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor, Audrey Hepburn, who I also love. <laughs> Winston Churchill, President Dwight Eisenhower, but at that time he was general during the war when he when he was on the ship. Oh my god, and- he's your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> and not really and (laughs) i don't know anything about him to be honest and jackie kennedy jackie O, just to name a few and again you can probably find more if you want to dive into that october 31st halloween 1967 the ship left southampton for the last time and was moored in long beach california Her last voyage carried 1,093 passengers and 806 crew members. Wow. December 9th, 1967, the RMS Queen Mary was retired. And the city of Long Beach actually took control of the ship at this point. It was sold to them for $3.45 million in 1967 money. Holy fuck. It is still... In Long Beach, California. Queen Mary is now a hotel museum and contains restaurants. (gasps) It's on the National Register of Historic Places, and the ship is also part of the Historic Hotels of America. There were a lot of strange glitches and technical difficulties during this episode for some reason, So sorry for this insert right here, but I had to re-record this part because it was completely glitched out. Another fun fact, Disney owned this property from 1988 to 1992, but gave it up to focus on Disney California Adventure Park. There has been a lot of turnover since 1967 with who has taken over lease or management of the ship. And fast forwarding all the way to 2020, RMS Queen Mary closed due due to the pandemic. On September 21st, 2021, the ship and its surrounding property was turned over to the Harbor Department, and much work is needed for safety repairs on the ship. So, that's kind of on hold right now. Dang it. Yeah. So, getting into deaths surrounding the ship, because this ship did come with plenty of those. This is a quote from legendsofamerica.com. Quote, 
Over the past 60 years, the Queen Mary has been the site of at least 49 reported deaths, not to mention having gone through the terrors of war, so it comes as no surprise that spectral spirits of her vivid past continue to walk within her rooms and hallways. So an engineer died in the ship's engine room. The engine room has an infamous door known as door 13. And I think it's kind of convenient that that's the number of the door. I know. Who did that? Yeah. And like, I'm sorry. That's one of my lucky numbers. So go fuck yourself. (laughs) Somebody did that on purpose, though. Yeah. They probably, it was probably like door five. And they're like, oh my God, let's switch the number to 13. Everyone's like, where's number five? (laughs) Yeah. Why does it go one, two, three, four, thirteen? <laughs> right. <laughs> but on a on a less joking matter, this door crushed at least two men to death. Oh my god! And door thirteen was used in the movie The Poseidon Adventure. Ew. A fireman was also killed. He was crushed underneath a watertight door on the ship during a fire drill, and. It was kind of unclear whether this was door 13 or a separate watertight door. I feel like this is very unsafe. Yeah, probably. I mean, think of the movie Titanic that happened in Titanic. True. Yeah. John Petter, known as, quote, Half Hatch Harry. Don't know why they didn't explain it. He was a crewman, and he was reportedly crushed to death when he was playing chicken with another crew member under the doors. Oh, my God. Yeah, and he was 18 years old. And again, it didn't really spe- – in some articles, actually, I'm sorry, in some articles it specified that this was door 13, and in others it didn't specify, so. Hmm. A little girl also drowned in – and I'm going to – preface this with remember the movie titanic how they have first class second class third class yeah so anytime i'm mentioning this this is in reference to their lingo back then it's not called that now so a little girl drowned in the quote second class swimming pool during the ship's sailing days and Yeah, her name was only mentioned in one article that I could find, and her name was Jacqueline Torin, and it said she was five or six years old. Oh. Allegedly, another little girl named Sarah had died in the same pool in 1949. That's really sad. Yeah. A baby boy also died on the ship shortly after birth, and... There's another story that people were allegedly murdered in a stateroom on the ship. And just like yours, this is not known if it's real or a legend. What the hell? I know. I don't understand how we do this. That's really weird. (laughs) Yeah. This was believed to be in room B-474. And according to this legend, the woman's name was Dana, and it included Dana and her family. Dana's mom and sister were said to have been strangled on the bed, and Dana was shot in the bathroom. No. 
a quote-unquote third-class cabin, suite room B340. Um, in this room in 1948, a British third-class passenger, Walter J. Adamson, passed away in the room, but it didn't, it didn't say how or what happened to him. Okay. And then the last death that was noted, although they had said there's believed to be at least 49 of them, uh, the last death reported was John Henry. He worked in the boiler room, and his body was found in there, dead, but also no mention of how or what happened to him. What the heck? Okay, so moving on to the hauntings, and there's a lot. <laughs> Some common things that are known to happen, lights switch on and off, laughing has been heard coming from rooms, which is really fucking creepy. Yeah, no. <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> Don't laugh. People have reported seeing the engineer that had died on the ship. And the engine room itself is rumored to be a hot spot for paranormal activity. What the heck? There's a, a quote-unquote lady in white that has been seen. And reported sightings of different children all around the ship. What the hell? I had a the woman in white in mine. You did. What, what the, the fuck? <laughs> it's so strange. <laughs> I hope these, well, not that I hope that these children's spirits are lingering, but I hope that they're children and not demons. <laughs> right. So these reported sightings of children include, among seeing them, sounds of children crying and laughing in the quote-unquote third-class playroom nursery and one of these cries is thought to be the baby that died right after birth oh no some have been seen in the first class pool and also connected to this pool people have seen wet footprints on the floor what the heck some footsteps have led from the deck to the changing rooms from this first class pool and sounds of splashing have also been heard but here's the catch there is no swimming activity in this pool for there to be footprints <laughs> it has been closed for swimming for more than three decades oh god no so where they hear this splashing and how these see they see these wet footprints ghosties we know, we know why yeah the little girl who drowned has also been seen, and there's also reports of a little girl hugging a teddy bear. Some people think it might be the same little girl or it could be a different one, because as I mentioned, there's lots of sightings of different children. Along with this first-class pool, there's also women that are seen in 1930s-style swimsuits. And they reportedly wander the deck near the pool. That's cool. Yeah. I think that's really cool, especially since you know the pool's not active. And why would women be wearing swimsuits from the 1930s randomly? Right. Like, you know that's happening. Right. Some other sightings there around this first-class pool are a young woman in a tennis skirt walking downstairs and disappearing behind a pillar. 
very specific. Yeah, that's very weird. <laughs> a woman in an old wedding gown with a little boy in a suit. A cloud of steam has been seen to appear. Like, almost like the steam that could go on top of a heated pool that's cold outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a little girl in a blue and white dress. Oh. There's also, quote-unquote, Grumpy the Growling Ghost. It has been named Grumpy by passengers, I guess. It growls at guests. Ew. So, probably a demon. I think more than Grumpy. Yeah. Demon, the growling demon. Honestly. So, this... These growls have been heard in a room under the stairs by the first-class pool and in the boiler room. Moving on to the second-class swimming pool. It is now the Royal Theater on the ship, so it's no longer a pool as well. The spirit of a little girl named Jackie has been seen and heard here, and she's the little girl that I mentioned had drowned in the pool earlier Mm -hmm. on. People also hear splashing in this section as well, and some have heard her calling for her parents. Oh, God. Which is really fucking sad. That's horrible. Yeah. And there was also a rumor of people thinking that that other little girl that I mentioned, Sarah, is there with her as well. Oh, God. Then there's the Queen's Salon. This was once the ship's first-class lounge. A quote-unquote beautiful young woman, whatever the (laughs) fuck, why she had to be described that way, has been seen in a white evening gown there. And, sorry, I'm going to burp. And she dances alone in the corner of the room. Ew. Which is kind of sad. Or maybe she's just living her best life. Yeah, she's like, I'm a girl. I could dance when I want. Living her best afterlife, I should say. Yes. People have seen apparitions in the rooms, pools, and hallways. A man in a 1930s-style suit is frequently seen in some first-class staterooms. Mm. He's described as tall and dark-haired. So tall, dark, and handsome, maybe. Long, tan, and handsome. (laughs) John Henry is thought to have been seen between the boiler room and the green room. Remember, he's the one who was found in the boiler room. And some have said that he audibly responds to questions. Hmm. Like you can fucking hear him. I don't like that. (laughs) Yeah. So getting into the most haunted rooms of the ship. Room B340 is quote unquote notoriously haunted. In 1966, a woman said she was woken up by her bed covers being pulled off of her. (laughs) (laughs) paranormal activity type shit for real even creepier she saw a man standing at the end of her bed when this happened nope she screamed and quote rang for the steward and he disappeared when she did this oh i thought you okay i thought you meant the steward disappeared i was like what where'd he go no she like rang for someone like yeah Back in 1966, and he disappeared when she did this. In this room, guests have also heard someone knocking on their door in the middle of the night. 
but no one's there. Bathroom lights randomly turn on. Maids have found water running in the room, specifically in the bathroom, even when no one has been staying in there for days. Mm, Like, they'll walk in and water's running. Nope. (laughs) One said she made the bed and moments later the covers were pulled off. So, clearly this spirit likes to pull covers off the bed. Yeah, clearly. So, then moving on to the Mauritania room. In 1989, two women went to this lounge to clean. So, this is a kind of like a a dance banquet hall lounge type thing. They saw a passenger sitting in a chair in the middle of the dance floor And a third woman came in to help and said the passenger was staring and asked her to move. So that this person in the chair hadn't said anything. It was just staring. And then she walks in and they just said, can you move? And when they called security, the passenger disappeared right in front of all of them. Eh. So that was a full-blown ghost sitting in a chair in the middle of the room. Ew. Moving on to the Mayfair room. This was the ship's beauty salon back in the day. In 2001, a staff member came in around 5.30 a.m. It was described as now kind of being like an office area. She said something felt off, and when she sat down at her desk, she started to feel really cold. And then later on, something brushed up against the back of her chair, but no one was there. And almost right after that, she saw a, quote, transparent figure in white walk across the room and go through the door. (laughs) And she noped the fuck out of there. Yeah, same girl. (laughs) Boiler room number four, there's a little girl and sometimes she's been seen sucking her thumb and sometimes she's been seen with a doll in her hand. This is so creepy. Mm-hmm. This place is very haunted. Yeah. Hatch door number 13. So we're back to door number 13. Um, it's known also known as Shaft Alley. They didn't really get into why. One of the quote-unquote regulars is a bearded man in dark clothes. He's believed to be the fireman that I spoke about earlier that died on the ship from the door. Mm-hmm. And this ghost is seen in the doorway where he had been killed. Some people have reported someone running up behind them and whistling. And yeah. they think it's him. Another man is also seen here. It's a bearded man in blue coveralls. He's believed to be the crewman John that died. The one that was playing chicken. Mm-hmm. And Spot, This is this is I think one of the weirdest things. Spots of grease that look like fingerprints have appeared on people's faces. Oh, my God. Yeah. And this is also believed to be him because he, like, he always was known to have grease on his hands from working. Why is he touching people's faces? I don't know, but the fact that you could see the fingerprint in the grease. Yeah, that's gross. That's tangible. Like Ash Wednesday. (laughs) he's like bless you yes so except he was making people break out from it an engineer walking the hallways asking if anyone has seen his wrench has also (laughs) been seen and then he just disappears other happenings in the rooms and on the ship 
our phones ring really early in the morning and when picked up no one is on the other line the phone will ring and nobody will be there (laughs) that's from spongebob (laughs) (laughs) there's also sounds of distant knocks doors slamming there's crazy temperature changes like absolutely drastic they said High-pitched squeals or sounds, which I don't want to know what that is. No. And then there's random smells. Like what? (laughs) Like, okay, they're described as, quote, aromas of smells long past. All right. (laughs) And that was a quote from legendsofamerica.com. I'm like, what are we smelling here? For real. Dust bunnies, mothballs. Ooh, I bet you some mothballs. An old tuna fish sandwich from 1966. I bet you some mothballs. Yeah. They only mentioned one specific random smell. One of these smells was cigar smoke in the captain's quarters. And it's thought to be Captain Treasure Jones, which, by the way, is the fucking coolest captain name besides Jack Sparrow I think I've ever heard. I was going to say, what about Captain Jack? Yeah. Captain Treasure Jones. Yeah, that's really cool. He had to have changed his name. He definitely legally got it changed on his boating license. Or specifically became a captain because his name was fucking Treasure. (laughs) (laughs) But he was known to have loved cigars. And he sailed the Queen Mary from 1965 to 1967 and captained her final voyage. Mm. So they think that the cigar smoke from the captain's quarters is treasure. Captain Jones. Mm. But I want to know what the other aromas of smells long past are. Definitely mothballs. <laughs> yeah, has to be. There are reportedly over 150 ghosts in the Queen Mary. Oh my god. I want to go so bad. They seem nice. Yeah, none of them really seem, like, malevolent. The only thing I wouldn't like is covers ripping off me in the middle of the night. Yeah, no thanks. I think. And maybe not not grease marks on my face, but... This is a quote from QueenMary.com, which is the actual site for this hotel museum ship. Quote, the Queen Mary has been voted one of the top 10 most haunted places in America by Time Magazine. Oh, wow. The Haunted Encounters Tour is offered during the day on this ship. And they also have twilight hours and seances. No, 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 no. Some tours at night include Dining with the Spirits paranormal investigation and paranormal shipwalk i think i'll do the dining with the spirits it sounds very relaxing i feel like that's probably one of the seance type things i feel maybe oh no maybe not then the haunted encounters tour during the day is basically them talking about things that have happened on the ship not really like expecting things to happen you know what i mean yeah So I'll include the link to this site on our Facebook and on their website, if you go on it, it currently states that the Queen Mary Hotel is temporarily closed 
and its tours are suspended until further notice. So keep checking up on it. Yeah, I at some point want to go to this place so fucking bad. I never knew it even existed in California. Yeah, I do too. Wow, that sounds really cool. Yeah. And Good that job. that was my is favorite. that. What? And that was my favorite one. I loved it. There was so much information with that one. And I didn't even like go searching for people's actual stories, which I usually try to do because I'm like, holy shit, this this is a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. And anything else we want to do before we wrap this episode up? I don't think so. I feel like that about wraps up. You get a long episode this week. Yeah, enjoy. Yeah. Let's get into our spiel. Yeah, so you can head to our Facebook, Crime Cults and Coffee, and that's where we post all of our weekly resources. All the links from today's episode will be there, and then photos as well we try to include. And then you can go to our Instagram, at Crime Cults and Coffee as well, and that's where we post all the coffees that we have reviewed for the week. We also post little shout-outs and recommendations that we've talked about here and there on the episodes. And then we also post some pictures uh, from the weekly cases on there. Yeah. And if you haven't already, please check out our GoFundMe for Drew Molinari. We've mentioned this in multiple episodes now. But just a little reminder because his mom is planning on putting his billboard up soon. So any last minute contributions we can help give to her would be greatly appreciated. Please donate if you can. Yeah, that link is on our link tree, on our Instagram. We have the link posted on our Facebook. Basically, anywhere you can find us, you can find that link. Yep. (laughs) If you have a case suggestion or a listener story, and that can include a haunted place suggestion, Mm -hmm. you can DM us at Crime Colts and Coffee on Instagram or send us an email at crimecoltsandcoffee at gmail.com. Also, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts and you would like to leave us a nice rate and review, it would be greatly appreciated. It really helps our podcast to be seen and found by people who maybe haven't even heard of it yet. You can tell your friends about us, you know, help us out a bit. Tell anyone. Yeah. And if you don't listen to us on Apple Podcasts, sadly, you can't rate and review and get free stickers. But you can follow, subscribe, or like our podcast on any platform of your choice. And that helps you to know when our new episodes come out every week. Yep. You'll get a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. Unless you don't want to wake up at 6 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll just see it when you wake up at, like, 10 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that about wraps it up. All right, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook